Hi everyone, welcome to 9090 Nelson, episode 2. Um, my name is Douglas. And I'm, my name is Eloise. Hello, we're <laughs> both here. Um, the time is about uh, 11 or so, and uh, yeah, let's get into it. I just spent so long since when I woke up at, at 12, mm-hmm. honestly, but spent so long working on D&D stuff. I'm in D&D mode in my head. Nice. I can't talk details with you because you're in the campaign. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry about it. <laughs> it, it. It sucks. What did, what did you do today? I have you did you go Last out night. and about? Last well, night. I, you okay. I when I ask so about late. a story today <laughs> and you start with last night, um what? I just stayed up till four AM. Um Oh so, I guess that's today then. So I woke up to dad turning on um men's rugby and I was like I think he was like trying to get me up for like a couple minutes, like maybe fifteen minutes, and then I didn't actually want to get up until he said there's rugby on the TV, and then I like sat straight up. I slept on the couch. Oh, okay. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm about to watch rugby. And then Dad made tea, and it was kind of cute. That's kind of cool. But then I spent the entire day, like literally, didn't move from the couch the entire day. You did get up from the couch at some point. When was that? It was still when rugby was on. When I came out, uh, I think rugby rugby was on. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I did. I did get up to get pizza. Okay. Because mom made some pizza. So it was after pizza. I was already up by then. Yeah. So that was like one or two. Yeah. Okay. And then. I can't. Com- I mean, I can't complain. I got up at twelve. So. Yeah. And then mom was like. You either have to come to the store with me or go downstairs and do your homework. And so I went downstairs and promptly started watching Netflix. Nice. <laughs> and then she came downstairs, saw me in the dark, and she was like, we're going to Hayes. And I was like, okay. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad you got out of the house. Yeah. The dogs are not allowed. The dogs are not allowed in this podcast because poor Milo has a cone on his head because he keeps licking his wrist and Coda just likes to lick in general but more like my blankets and it's fine i have a blanket on top specifically so they don't lick the other ones uh but wait you you put this blanket this white blanket that you have on your bed on there okay i beg to differ it's both whatever (laughs) it is not white blanket it's not even like okay here's a white shirt like it's tan it's a tan blanket. There are different shades. Okay. Actually, this there reminds can't me be of a, a different thing. Different shade of white. White is white. White is a spectrum. But this reminds me of a thing. Uh, okay. In, I, okay. White. In at, Russian, there are two, white, like two on. different okay. words okay. for like dark blue and light blue. They're like different colors completely. Because I've heard about that. There are different languages. There, I think, are there's some video about it that I've seen. Right. That's crazy. And he, well, I I saw it because someone was like relating it to like gender being a spectrum and stuff, and so how like we see color as a spectrum when we're talking about like dark blue, light blue, but like maybe if we like saw it in a in a binary, it would be different. In, like a binary, dark blue, light blue, like had specific words for it. Kind of yeah, thing. like 
like how we see like female and like male like maybe that's like the same difference between like dark blue light blue but we're like we don't see it that way because we've made it binary thing i can see that argument yeah i guess that makes sense it was interesting i i do think it will be interesting well I, i'm sure it is interesting how language relates to things like that like in you know obviously my experience is spanish i took you know a couple courses of spanish in high school public but, education you know, baby the like um, gendering of like like certain nouns in that language i imagine will would make it harder like i don't know if you grow up with that language your brain is hardwired into thinking you know feminine or masculine right. for things um and then you know there's little bits and pieces of that in english where like if you refer to a boat you don't refer to it as a he if you're going to refer to it. You know, she's yeah. a beauty. A boat, a for, for some reason, a boat is a she. So we have some things like that, but it's not like every noun is gendered. Um, right. So I think there's a little bit of privilege with English, or maybe it's just great the way it works out, that it can be gender neutral. I think that's kind of cool. There's a, but there's is, lots Do you of know, w- is there... Yeah. In other parts of the world, is it harder to kind of um, advocate for, you know rights of you know non-binary rights when the language itself the society is you know so much like that yeah there's actually so much discussion about like how do we make things like gender neutral or inclusive for like non-binary people or like people with they them pronouns because of that and and it's not just in spanish but i do know about spanish because like i've talked about it and like researched it just a little Mm -hmm. bit in like what my they, Spanish class. What do they do with Spanish? There's different things you can do. You can like, um, so not just nouns, but like adjectives are also gendered to like match the noun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can either just swap the A or O. O is masculine, A is feminine right. with an E. Um, mm. Or there's also like you can use like an X or you can use like, yeah, but that... But the X thing, for me, I don't know. Obviously, I'm not an expert in this, and, like, whatever someone, like, wants, like, I'll do. But, like, I just think the X takes more, like, breath and more work than just, like, changing it to an E. How would you how would you pronounce it if it's an X, like, compared to an E? You know how people say, like, Latinx? I've just heard Latinx as a term referring to just Latin peoples. Yeah, know. so you can you can and do I, that and same I, and thing. that's I actually listened to an NPR story about um, people like like whether they liked or disliked like the term Latinx, whether they used it or not, mm-hmm. and it seems like a small portion of people use it. Like I don't know, it's really like what they I think they were just kind of like you can use whatever because obviously it's however you define your heritage or, or where you came from or whatever. But, like, a lot of people just liked, you know, referring to, like, their country. Like, they, I think they did a survey, and, like, a large portion of, like, um, like Mexican people liked referring as just Mexican, because that's what they are. And that's where their family is, that's what they like saying. Um, whereas, like, I think other people, there was someone they had on that, like, lived in Honduras that, like, didn't like, you know, being Honduran, like, you know, typically I, I, and they're all people living in the U.S. And I think people like, I don't know, me, honestly, I probably couldn't point out Honduras on a map. Okay. But they were on and they were like, yeah, I like Latinx because that 
made it easy for people to say, oh, like, you're, you're from there. Um, so I don't know. At, at, at least that's the takeaway with the, with the Latinx thing. But how yeah. would you per- pronounce? How would you pronounce it? It just Latinx. Um, yeah, it's but you yeah. would just like say the X at the end. So if you were saying like, um, like if you were making a, a, a adjective different, like if I wanted to say instead of like blanco or like blanca, I would just say blanquex, which is weird. It's usually okay. I've I've heard that the X is more used in writing and it's not usually used in speech, but yeah. E is used more in speech if. Um, I, yeah, the X comes across as very easy in text because obviously like even like math, like solve for X, X is what, whatever X is like a placeholder for whatever it is that, you know, you want this to be. Right. It's not negative. It's not positive. Right. Or, or, you know, it's not one or the other, not that anything is negative or positive, but so it's good for text. But I think like in speech, I think the E may, may work better. Yeah. In that case, that makes sense. Well, it, I don't know. Again, not an expert on this, but that can also sometimes get in the way because sometimes it'll like just be a different word if you add an e. Mm-hmm. Um, it works with most things, but um, it's it's hard because it's such a gendered language, and it's the same thing. With, like that'll be weird German. to watch how that conflict is solved or continues to be like incorporated into languages like that because that's interesting I don't know if I'll obviously maybe keep up with that because I don't speak Spanish you know conversationally with anybody on a day to day basis but um, that'll be interesting to see when that goes yeah yeah I don't know it it makes you think about like just I don't know I think like a huge part of cultural identity is just like your primary language that you learned as a kid and like Mm just the way that you see everything exists within the framework of that language. And so, you know, even like every language you, you learn after the first language is, is just relative to that first language. Mm, yeah. I don't know. It just makes me think. Yeah. I mean, it, it really just comes from like experience. Like humans are so like rooted in communication mm-hmm. with each other that like, the, the medium that you're communicating in really, like, determines, like, how, like your memories and, like, how you remember things, I'm sure. So, like, if you are a person that does know another language really fluently, and I assume that, like, if you use it, like, maybe in another country, like, day to day for a long time, I don't know. I mean, obviously I'm not there, but I would be interested to ask someone, like, does it feel like the other language does? Because I'm sure, like, like obviously at my rudimentary level of Spanish <laughs> and, you know, even up to, you know, people who are still, you know, Spanish as a second language, but, like, really advanced, like, maybe, like, high school, you know, college, whatever, um, it probably absolutely does feel different. But I'm wondering how, if there is, I guess, is there a point where it crosses over into this is, like, a, like a normal, like... I always wonder, like, do you ever start thinking in the other languages that you know? I've, I have heard that people who take a foreign language, a good indicator that you are, like, starting to progress, like, 
well is that you have like have dreams in the other yeah, language like, I've heard that. like full dreams not like i'm in spanish class but like <laughs> you know, like everybody is speaking spanish and to get to that point you have to really surround yourself with it like you can't just be you know in colorado taking a spanish class you know okay just call me out i'm not calling you out i'm just saying like i am perceiving it as like an advanced kind of thing that doesn't happen unless like you're really like your brain is like starting to rewire itself or add additional wires you know i don't know no i I know what you're saying i was you know i was actually talking to our doctor about this this week i got i went to the doctor this week i got some new medication because i'm depressed but but don't worry guys i'm actually gonna take it this time good (laughs) of the second day i threw it up because i forgot to eat but that's fine anyway but she was talking about spanish and i was like I was like, the reason why I, I wanted to go to Argentina is because, well, first of all, I just wanted to flee the country in general. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be here. Um, but also, like, I thought, like, going to Argentina, I would become pretty fluent in Spanish because, like, everyone speaks Spanish there. And, like, it would become fight or flight and I would be forced to just, like, know it or die. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You just, well, you're also, I even saw this when working with, uh, when working with Alex at uh, Dairy Queen in Estes Park, the, um, half of our, half of our staff was Colombian. They came up for the summer, they, they worked and then they went back down. Um, it was kind of like one of our managers, Javier, it was like an exchange kind of thing that he had like this deal worked out with our, with our boss. He, you know, bring up a bunch of people from Colombia. It was pretty cool. And, um, Alex and Cameron and Patrick, I saw them progress in Spanish f- like fast, just like being around these guys and like constantly like talking to them of course because they're you know 14 15 16 they're going to be learning a bunch of curse words as well but in addition to that that's important too that's important too for sure but i just saw conversationally their like just proficiency and like fluidity like go up they didn't sound like someone trying to say stuff, something in Spanish in a Spanish class, you know, a talk to your partner for the next five minutes thing. It was like they would, you know, be saying and talking right. with these guys. And that was kind of cool. So I think if and when you go to a country that speaks Spanish for exchange, I think and I hope you'll you'll see that. And I think it will be really beneficial. I agree. But actually, OK, but my doctor, she was like. She was like, I exchanged like a couple times, and I like I've like lived in like Latin American countries a couple times, mm. and I never got fluid until I was in my residency, is what she said. Like until she was interacting mm. daily with like, um, with with just like Coloradoans who who speak Spanish, um, mm. she like didn't really become fluent, which is like really interesting, and mm. it kind of worries me because it's like, does that mean like? if I, like, go overseas during college, like, I'm, like, not going to be exposed enough to Spanish because that's, like, part of the goal. Well, okay. Your goal is to know Spanish, and you just have to get exposure somehow. That is going to be an exchange. You'll get better. If you, maybe you won't not, maybe you won't get fluent. Maybe you will. Um, you know, an exchange, you know, a year or so or something like that, good chunk of time but like i don't know i feel like you would need like practice and practice and practice and practice and just like it's just the more exposure you get 
So it, I think it depends on how you conduct yourself on exchange. If you're constantly talking with people or, you know, maybe you do some volunteer work there or something like that. Just being able to talk to people more will, I think, will I think help. The great thing about me is that I always feel like I need to somehow know what's going on. So that's why I feel like I would do so well on exchange is because yeah. you'll stack your schedule with stuff yeah. to, to do and there yeah. will be people to talk to. Yeah. And like just my primal need to put my two cents into everything will. That's true. You can't put your two cents in if you can't, if you don't know what to say. Yeah. So you better learn. Yeah. <laughs> better get those two cents before I spend it. Exactly. Yeah. Languages. It's crazy. I don't know. I think it's kind of weird. Like how many languages just like exist in general the the company i work for does language services so there are people like i don't know there's just so many languages out there that that people know and like i work with people i guess all day long who are fluent in one or more languages we have a few guys that are like you know at least you know textually like translating um fluid in multiple languages they're polyglots and okay Pete that I just took some high school Spanish so I like <laughs> learned a little bit of language I didn't like really get like get far into it but it's I, I commend people who do I want so badly to be a polyglot but I really feel like like lately I've been struggling so much in Spanish and I really just feel like there's something in me that's like bad at it okay I don't think there is something in you that's bad at it. You are stuck at home with all of us who don't speak Spanish. And True. your idea of tr working hard at Spanish is clicking through Duolingo when you make noodles during lunch. So... Okay, call me out. I <laughs> it's because I'm so attracted to the Duolingo lesbian. She's a vegetarian. What can I say? I thought it was an owl. Wasn't the, no, wasn't oh, the sorry, owl? sorry. Yeah, the, the, their like company logo is not a lesbian, to be clear. But oh, there's it's like a, an instructor. The, yeah. So well, no, not an instructor. Duolingo has all of these little, um, like, they're like little people that are they like show up in your lessons and they're like saying stuff to you and then you have to like reply back to them and stuff. Um, You're in love with an anime girl. <laughs> basically, the Duolingo anime girl. Yeah. Yeah, you're well, nice. You're a weeb. I cool. really like <laughs> the part of Duolingo. There's these like things called stories, and it's like a story, and so they, it's like two people talking, and you like mm. find out what's happening in their life. And okay, and this girl, the Duolingo lesbian, she was like at a restaurant, and they like didn't have vegetarian options, and the waiter was kind of being a little bitch, and he was like, he was like, would you like that with beef? And she was like, no. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It was, she's just cute. What can I say? Okay. I'm looking for I mean, love in a hopeless place. Duolingo app. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> See me on the sequel to that one movie where the man falls in love with his phone. Except oh, it's me. Did you watch her? No. Apparently oh. it's actually good, though. It was okay. I think I watched it. It was, it was kind of strange. This guy basically just starts talking to this AI you know, in his, in his phone. And it's something that, have you ever like used Cleverbot or like, or like the Alexa AI that, um, like can talk to you? No. Have you ever done that? 
Try it sometime your next time you're around your like Alexa device. I feel like it'll make me sad. It no. It it doesn't pass the Turing test. Not, none of them have for me yet. The Turing test is a test that just generally refers to if you can tell if you're talking and communicating with a machine or not. Mm. So if you're passing the Turing test, it feels like you're talking with a person. So in her, this AI does that. It passes the test. This guy falls in love with it, and then you'll have to watch it. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's it's definitely interesting. Um, but Alexa has this thing. If you ask Alexa to have a conversation, um, it brings up this app that's a like AI competition. I think with universities and probably some other organizations, they load their AI to Amazon, and Amazon, you know, serves one of them to you and you basically have a conversation with it and then when you're done you provide feedback um it's just to make ai better if you want to you know dig the hole deeper for yourself i guess Um, it seems kind of dangerous to do like if it's actually getting better but it's definitely fun to see if you can communicate with a with a computer um i've done it mm, i did it probably maybe just out of curiosity once every month um maybe I haven't done it for a few though, but I had one where I was actually having a conversation. It seemed kind of real and it was kind of creepy. Um, so I ended it, but it was good. I feel like I would get freaked out a little bit, but maybe Mm -hmm. I'll try it. Okay. And you may fall in love with Alexa. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll find love in a hopeless place. (laughs) In your Alexa device. In my Alexa device. Um, yeah. Yeah, that sounds good to me, I guess. There that movie had a um a the, good song came out of that soundtrack though. Oh. The one that's like I'm lying on the move. Wow. Cut I, that out of the podcast. I don't know what that song is. Okay. Just yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did you ever watch Ex Machina? No, that's the one about the robot girl and she like yeah. tries to kill everyone. Well, she kills one guy. Nice. And then it's implied that the other guy dies. But yeah. Sick. It's the same kind of thing where it, it like, it's a robot that passes the Turing test and then is outsmarts people and escapes. There, there's something like, like when people make movies about this, there is something like kind of scary about yeah about because technology like, being smart about it. yeah the, the the more time progresses this the more kind of freaky they are because it could happen like obviously right now there's no robots that really look like humans i think they've created like a head that can kind of make human faces i think its name is sophie is, is that true no i have oh, no idea know? okay well i i think that's what it is but They've, have you heard of like these, the AI influencers? Have you seen these? No. Oh my gosh. You look it up sometime, but, or look it up now. And the, All right, and I'm a, looking it up okay. now. So these AI influencers, go find one. They are like CGI people, either like, some of them look like definitely CGI, like, like big anime eyes and stuff. Um, but some of them just look close enough to people that you almost can't tell. And they have social media accounts where they post selfies, CGI selfies, and people like and interact. Some people, I'm sure, know that it's fake. But some people probably don't. And that is crazy. If you can, like, 
farm AI and farm AdSense from like, like CGI pictures and like an, I, I don't know, just like a completely fabricated personality and like influencer. It's kind of weird. And I, I don't know if it's going to be super successful, but it's really strange. Like it's like Black Mirror stuff. Like, yeah. have you seen the that Waldo episode? Honest, where that I'm bear gonna be becomes honest, president or something? The only episode of Black Mirror I've seen is the San Junipero one. Ugh, I know. I hate myself. Well, it's a good episode too. But you, they, oh my god. Okay. Well, you need to watch the rest of them. It's like spooky okay. October month. They're all good. Spoopy. Yeah, San Junipero's good. But, like, I don't know. It's just, like, that weird thing with, like, the technology and, like, the weird conflict. It's, like, stuff that definitely could happen. And I, I don't know. You should watch the rest of Black Mirror. Or or at least more. I can recommend episodes that are okay. The first episode I saw was the Bryce Dallas Howard episode. The nosedive, I think. I think someone said watch the San Junipero one. And I watched that. And then I watched the, like like game one that the movie thing the game one remember the black mirror and it was like a choose your own adventure black mirror oh i never i didn't make it through that one you didn't do the whole thing i did about half of it It was kind of cool and then i got bored i don't like clicking things if i'm gonna watch something i you have to I, do okay. it on a computer if you were doing it on a tv then i would have gotten annoyed i didn't do it on a tv i might have done it on playstation or something also it was more fun it's more fun like i did it by myself but I did it a second time with other people, and it was much more fun the second That's time. what I really need to do. Because I did it by myself, and I was like... This like, is boring. <laughs> I'm just doing this. I, yeah, it was just doing it for me. I was like, there's no like real conflict. I can choose either one of these, and I know it takes me down a path. But I don't know. I've probably seen every Black Mirror episode probably twice. They're good enough to watch over. Wow. like That's like pretty... You don't watch like YouTube videos twice. Uh, there are some that I have watched at least 10, 11, 12 times, I'm sure. You're crazy. But that's just because I'll, I'll put certain, you know, creators on shuffle and just watch stuff. Because right. Oh, I remember I kind of wanted to talk about this. Do you have any... Okay, earlier today, or no, not earlier today, last night, I posted on Twitter, why is mm-hmm. Anderson Cooper so sexy, what the fuck? And mom commented on it and said, he looks like a sexy elf. Why is that? It's do the, you have any it's hot the takes? pure white hair. Pure white hair looks good. Yeah. It looks good. And Ashton Cooper looks looks good in it. Yeah. His um, blue eyes really help. Oh, I guess, yeah. He has some blue eyes. It's it's like that, I don't know. I feel like the elves, like in Lord of the Rings, I, actually, I guess I don't know what color eyes they have. But they definitely have the really blonde hair. Yeah. And cool. so they look really like just really like light features, like light eyes, light hair. Like it has an elfish, elvish look, I think. Do you ever feel like fantasy is sometimes kind of like not inclusive? Because I was thinking about that the other day and I was like, why are like all of the like gnomes white? Why or mm. not gnomes? Like, I don't know. I was thinking about Lord of the Rings and I was like, mm-hmm. all of the elves white, all of the like like maybe if Honestly, there's any racial I diversity it it's has, like in the orcs and i think that says something kind of bad i yeah i i think i agree with you and there's actually in the dungeon masters not dungeon master i think it is in the player's handbook um for first edition D, 
there's a section that I was looking at today that there's literally like racial preference for like NPCs, like racism's built into the game. Yeah, um, I was and, thinking and, well, about and, that. And of course, that's like it's meant to like kind of model realistically the world, and of course, everybody's racist in reality, so it makes sense. But um, I think specifically with fantasy, it comes from a place that's like knights in castles originally, like medieval, which is all like Europe. So it's yeah. like Europe fantasy expanded. It's like inherently non like inclusive. I just think that's fucked up because I remember like when we started our campaign, our D&D campaign, I was like I wanted my character to like I don't know, like just maybe not be white or mm-hmm. I think I think maybe I like looked at elves and I was like why the hell are all the elves white? I want like a black elf. Like why do they not exist? Mm-hmm. Um and so like I have a my character's a dark elf. She's purple skin. She's yeah. really cool. And that's and there are some I I probably in later versions of D&D. I think there's other things you can do. And and even like other I think races you can be. Like there's uh, I'm trying to remember. But there's like like dr- like half dragon type people that are like scaled and you can be it, and I think those colors like in that edition I think it's maybe fifth or something like that range from like red to red to black like so there are definitely like I don't know at least other other colors but you're right fantasy is not like inclusive and representative I I, I, I with don't it, understand I don't why have a problem can't. with it yes I don't have a problem with why it can't be that way for sure but like even I notice it myself with with like when I'm writing because it's like fantasy and knights and castles and that kind of stuff like in my head like just that's the setting and maybe that's a product of like just the media that i've consumed like any fantasy fantasy media doesn't have a whole lot of you know people of other colors that's dumb though because like if you're like brown or black like that doesn't mean you can't think like dragons are sick like well yeah of course well yeah but like if you're not getting that representation like that's dumb like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just, some, I think about that. It's one of those examples where, like, J.R.R. Tolkien and, like, any, and, like, the creators of D&D and everything, like, did they intentionally, like, try to exclude people? Probably not. But I think that maybe they were, like, in this bubble of, of, just other people that looks like them well it's just high fantasy there's nothing actually in the you know in the books that says you can't have a character that has you know black or brown skin there's nothing there's nowhere where it says that right um you can absolutely have a character that's like that but i'm just saying like i know from my own bias even writing that i don't like even think about those things sometimes when i'm writing an npc in like, I don't know. And and some of that is that they're already elvish. And so, like, I have the J.R.R. Tolkien, you know, elvish, you know, picture in my head when I'm writing, you know, an elf character. I, all, I can, all I think about all day is just, like, politics. And I just, it's just my brain. Yeah. But, like, you were like, what should we talk about? And I was like, oh, we should talk about Amy Coney Barrett. And then I was like, mm, I don't want to talk about that. No, I don't want to talk about politics on this podcast. Me neither. I, I involve myself my too much brain. in politics the rest of my life. I need a break. I know. I know. I keep doing this thing where I, like, bring 
some sort of controversial topic up at the dinner table, and then I like. That's the dinner table. That's fine. No, no, no. That's no, what no. the dinner table's for. I feel bad sometimes though, because it's like always when like Madeline is over, and I just so? feel kind of bad because I'm like, I'm Why? sorry. That Madeline's I'm like cool. This. Madeline is cool. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I like that you bring up some controversial stuff at the table because I'm a person that will not bring up stuff like that. So when you do it, I feel like okay, I can I can chime in, you know, or or put my two cents in or add to the conversation. But I don't ever think about starting that conversation. So I th- I think it's fine, and I guess I I don't know, but I'm sure Madeline is fine with it. Yeah, I think it's just. I, I specifically like that part of our family dinners I that we talk great. about some just like stuff, like real stuff instead of just like having a, I don't know, like a boring family dinner, you know? Yeah. What do like normal people talk I, about if they're not dude, talking about like abortion I law? I did. You know, I don't know. The, the, you know, pass the salt, Gary. <laughs> yeah, I, you know? <laughs> pass the salt. Yeah. Some... You know, I like it. How was your day? (laughs) I mean, we'd also do some how was your day stuff. But I guess usually we know. Because we can see each other leave and come to wherever. True. True. Yeah. I'm, like, still... Well, I'm I'm kind of, like, settled into this reality that I'm in right now. Where, like, I don't really have, like, a super concrete schedule. And I haven't had one Mm. since, like, March. So... Do you usually have a super concrete schedule? Well, yeah, like like in like when I was in like junior year of high school mm-hmm. and like I would have like chamber choir in the morning and then I would have like school all day until 4 and then after that I would have like theater or like a sport or like some sort yeah. of club or something um or like work or whatever. And so it's I don't know like at first, when quarantine was happening, it was, like, a huge culture shock, and I just felt like, what do I do with myself if I'm not, like, busy every single moment of the day? And now I'm at the point where, like, the thought of, like, becoming more busy than I am right now is, like, really overwhelming. And I'm like, I don't want to get a job, even though I really should. Mm. But I just don't want to, like, fill my time up, because, like, it, it's it's so nice not mm, doing things. You're having a break out of the schedule. Yeah. I... Yeah. The thing is, you have to have at least some things that you're doing. I think you're realizing now, after years of being constant schedule stressed, that having some open space is beneficial. And I think that's maybe a good realization. Um, I am on the other end of the spectrum. I have had a, not completely, but somewhat like non-routine for a while. I have my routine of work, which is usually consistent. I like that consistent because then I can plan or not plan anything around it. But, you know, at this job for the for the past, you know, year and a half or so, I have been, you know, working my shift, you know, nine to five, whatever, every day. Right. And then after that or before that, but it's usually after. It's a mess. I'm usually doing whatever, like eating like when I'm hungry or like when I want to snack rather than like sometimes actually having a meal, um, watching like YouTube or like wasting my time doing whatever, playing video games with like no sense of routine. And I'm trying to introduce like bits and pieces of routine back into my life. And I think I mentioned this last podcast, but 
I'm finding a little bit of value in that and just a tiny bit of routine. So there's definitely a, a balance and it sounds like we're, we're both trying to reach a happy yeah. medium. I think, I think like making my schedule so busy was a huge coping mechanism where like if I'm mm. really, really busy, I just, I have control over my anxiety because I'm like inducing more of it, but at least that means I have control of it. Um, just okay that doesn't make sense at all yeah it made sense to me like doing things that you know will increase it although you know that that's what will happen that is not the same as controlling it It knowing the outcome (laughs) is not the same as controlling the outcome yeah no it wasn't healthy but i'm getting better at it that's good that's good but yeah yeah. little steps growth baby baby yeah (laughs) Um, yeah, I think mental health is crazy though. I think it's like such a, it's such a journey for all of us. And I think like in general, we can all just be growing at every time, at every moment. Yeah. 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 Always, always growth. Always growth. Um, Definitely. Definitely. I think I've resisted growth for the past few years. You're stubborn. I'm kind of stubborn. You are. Yeah. I'm trying to actively be not as stubborn. Yeah. Well, while being stubborn about good things. Yeah. I think there's there's definitely things you should be stubborn about. You should be stubborn about your time. You should be stubborn mm. about your boundaries. Um, Those are things that I need to be stubborn about that I haven't been. Yeah. My boundaries. Yeah. Dude, boundaries are so freaking important, dude. So important. I, yeah. I have a problem with not initially setting them just going along with things because i'm okay with this right now but i don't put in my head like if you don't set this boundary it will not be set you know you also though like it is valid to set a boundary later and be like hey the way that things are going not working (laughs) yeah and i need to set this boundary that's true too but i like that conversation even less i don't like being like contentious and mm. what I what I was doing was, oh, let this slide, let this slide, let this slide. And then I get to a point where I'm like, uh, this is not where I want to be. And what do you do at that point? You know, it for me, it's it's a really hard conversation to be like, you know, this is what's going on. And I need to set these boundaries now. Instead, I, you know, I freak out. It's It's not a good thing. So knowing myself a little bit better and saying, you know, I need to set these boundaries early or like before it gets to a point where it breaks, you know? Yeah. It's, it's been an important lesson for me to learn. But you know what? It, no one is, ever, no one is perfect. We, That's true. We're all going to keep not setting boundaries good. And it's just going to be like that. Yeah. I. And hindsight is totally twenty twenty. Because, like, every relationship or anything that I've ever been in, I can totally look back and be like, oh, I should have set a boundary there. Or, like, oh, I should have recognized that, like, Mm. this person was kind of, like, manipulating my time and, like, not respecting, like, my space and my time. Mm. Um, But, like, it's so hard when you've got the blinders on. Yeah. I think I've, I've just been, I don't know, I've been flying blind, dude. Flying blind. I've been flying blind and autopilot. Yeah, I'm just trying to focus more about how I feel, which uh, I don't know. 
is important in a relationship, how I feel too. So you're you are like such a people pleaser. Ugh, it, it's a fault. It's it, a bad fault. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I'm a people pleaser, but it's not like I have the ambition to please people. It's like pleasing people makes me feel good. So mm. if there's a situation where I'm not going to be pleasing someone, I will avoid it like the plague <laughs> instead of actually, you know, and, and it will stress me out more, but I won't care because, you know, whoever that situation involves, you know, they're not going to have to deal with being not pleased and I won't have to deal with knowing that. So yeah. It's really bad. Which is why you don't Something do I have to get over. Yeah, I don't do confrontation. Yeah. But I am trying to do confrontation more often. I've been eating a steady breakfast of like a very particular metaphor that my therapist tells me like almost every week of mm-hmm. you are the center of your universe and I literally like eat it for breakfast every day and I'm like yes you're right I'm I'm the center of my universe and I'm responsible for my emotions and if I don't take care of my body and and me and Eloise then no one else does cuz it's no one else's responsibility That's good. so if I'm not advocating for myself, like it's no one else's job to, so I have to. No one to. else will. Yeah. Or it's rare that someone else will. Right. I mean, like, you can you can depend on other people. You can depend on like your your family and stuff to advocate for you sometimes. But at the end of the day, like, when you're living your life, like you should be at the center of your life. It is. That's why they call it your life and not someone else's. <laughs> yeah. In addition to eating a healthy survey of that for breakfast, you should also eat real breakfast so you don't throw up your meds. You have a point. (laughs) (laughs) Doug has a point. point. Doug has a point. Um, That was really embarrassing, and I had to cancel a date, but it's okay because the date kind of didn't go well anyway that I rescheduled. Oh, you already went on it? Oh, yeah. Um, I really went on it, and, like, it was just a strange date. Um... I don't think I will be going on a second one. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, at least you know. She didn't like my hot takes about Frozen. Um, I. You had hot takes about... Hold on. That's were, kind of funny that you had we, hot takes about Frozen. Just they, the juxtaposition there. But I want to know oh, what they are now. Ha ha. They were kind <laughs> of regurgitated um, Big Joel hot takes. So okay. like Good hot takes. So then. like they were good hot okay. takes. Okay. Well, you didn't say that. If you would have said she didn't like my regurgitated Big Joel hot takes, I would have been like, no brainer, dumper. Okay. Well, and I asked her um, if she wanted to watch She-Ra and she was like, what's She-Ra? And I so that was a Shira. That's okay. I know though. what it is though. But you know what it is though. Well, and I okay. saw a tweet that Philip made. He's recommended someone watch Shira. Shira is so good. Shira or I don't know. Philip you guys and I like, are like we're in a Shira fan club. There's a lot of people in the Shira fan club, and I feel like I'm missing out. But I'll I'm, watch it with I don't you. know. I it look. I know. I have a dumb. hard time watching like animated like action shows that like try to look like they're hopping off the Adventure Time bandwagon. No, I don't I feel like it's not doing that at all. Okay. It's really it's a children's show. But I think that like I everyone I know who watches it are not children. So children's shows I think they're either good or bad based on how wide the audience has the potential to be. Like Mm. Avatar the Last Airbender, of course, is I think 
but by and large, one of the best animated Phenomenal. series of all time. Because it's great for kids. It's great for kids. You can. It's rewatchable. Mm-hmm. It has great lore, great story. You know, great values that they teach. Great throughout values it. and. It's like funny. It's like altogether a really well put together show. I may be biased because I saw it as a kid, but I have recently rewatched it, you know, uh, twice in the past two years, I think. So it's mad respect. It's I don't know. And and there are, I'm sure other shows like that that I'm not thinking of that. And, and even like if you think of animated movies, like the best animated movies you've seen are ones that you can probably watch in as adult and get jokes even later in life. I know. Like, that's Dude. the thing. There's things built for adults into kids' movies that you don't realize, and that's why they're rewatchable. Kids' movies that are not rewatchable don't have those things. Yeah. I kind of like rewatching some Disney movies lately. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of like, I don't know. Like, like, they're different. Things are different when you're not watching them as a kid. Like, they genuinely are. I don't know. That was a stupid hot take. That's not a stupid hot take. It makes sense. I want to... I ripped all those movies this summer. I need Mm -hmm. to start watching a few of them during during work. Um, When I ripped all those movies, I was having a hard time watching long-form content. I would be constantly skipping through it. But I need to, like, revisit, revisit some old movies. That would be a lot of fun. My brain... I've been doing this thing recently where, like, if I'm in a TV show and, like, the TV... I don't like a very... Like, like if I can tell a scene is going to be boring, I, like, skip through it. And it, like... Mm. I feel like I'm, like, wiring my brain to, like, not be able to focus. It's a, it's a dangerous road. Yeah. I, I've definitely done it. Um, sometimes it... I don't know. I, I do it with shows that I have seen before or movies that I've seen before. Like... I, I don't know. I Probably a few months ago, I was watching through a, some Harry Potter movie, mm. and I clicked to the parts I wanted, watched them, and then stopped watching. Because that's all I wanted to watch. I just wanted to be like, oh, this scene's cool. I wish I could see it again, and just and just watch it. Yeah. Maybe that's my conditioned brain for short-form like video-on-demand YouTube content, but I definitely noticed myself like having a hard time focusing during longer stuff, and it sucks. Yeah. What you maybe you just need to go to like the movie theater. I need to like read a book yourself. actually. I feel like yeah. I need to read a book. <laughs> the last book I read was Chaston's memoir. Okay. You got it for me for my birthday. Oh my god, was it good? It was actually it was pretty good. Okay. To be okay, it, Pete, if you but hear I'm, this okay. podcast someday when I'm running against you and I'm more progressive, <laughs> um, I want you to know I love you. However, your book was terrible. Pete's book it was dry as a cracker, Ooh. but I'm sorry. It's just the way that you <laughs> wrote, I barely, I couldn't really get to it, and I just skipped to the part about Chaston, to the chapter about him, and mm. I just read that part because, honestly, Cute. that's kind of what I cared about. I read, like, the first two chapters where he started talking about, like, learning Arabic or whatever, but but it was boring as shit. Okay. Um, Chaston's, though, Chaston is, like, genuinely kind of funny. Okay. And, and like, he had some like funny hot takes and like he would be able to like like put a really funny anecdote and then like somehow connect it to some important thing about America and it was kind of cool that's kind of cool um I am also sorry if you're watching this Pete 
because I didn't like you in the primaries. And I guess I don't have to apologize for that. It's okay. But he's been pulling out some pretty hot takes. Yeah. When, when he's... Uh, Slay a Pete. When he's on, uh, what is Fox, Fox News. News. Yeah. He was like that in the primaries, too. He was just so much more... He was, like, kind of cringy, though. Listen, I read this really good, mm. um, like, hot take article by one of um, the people who were on his campaign staff during the primaries. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, this whole article about how people to judge is, like incredibly cringy but like we need to lean into that because his cringe I don't think he is that cringy he's kind of cringy I think he's definitely like like traditional not traditional but like he talks like a democrat yeah like it's very like well put together like it looks good and that right next to Fox News it kills it it yeah. works really well but that like up against like Bernie Sanders, I like I'm gonna go with Bernie Sanders, you know. Yeah. Um, where we said we weren't gonna talk about politics on this podcast. It, and, too bad, too know, late. Dang, damn it, Pete Buttigieg. Dude, honestly though, quarantine. I think this did something to everyone. But like pre-quarantine, I was very much like moderate liberal. Yeah, we know. Post-quarantine, I like regularly talk about socialism at the yeah. dinner table. It's TikTok. TikTok did it. TikTok did it. But I worry that, like, that happened to, like, conservatives, too. I think it just... I I don't know. I'm guessing that it made everybody a little bit more polarized to their echo chambers, whatever that may be. True. Because instead of actually going out and talking with people, it's likely that more people are inside consuming more content that is being fed to them through a, you know, through an algorithm that feeds them the same stuff that they they like to look at so that's definitely that's definitely it um i my politics i don't think have changed but my willingness to talk about them has and i think that's because you're around and you (laughs) want and you will just talk you will just talk and so instead of like me always being in my own head and thinking about politics and no one else around me caring there's like people that talk about it in in the house that i live in now so that has helped me at least be more vocal about them i think i do that to the whole family though because i think margaret to be honest margaret did not really care about politics until mm. until like very recently i actually think her her yeah. gov class did it for her that that's what did it for me my government class in high school i didn't give a shit about politics and then the government class I took, I was like, I was like, okay, th- like, this is kind of interesting. I don't know if it, it didn't actually, it was a terrible class. I don't know if it actually, it, 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 I don't remember any of the content, but the, just putting the seed in my head. And then I think I was also at the time driving to Dairy Queen to work weekends mm-hmm. before it closed for the winter. And so I was like listening to um, NPR, like, I think it was, um, on point it's a like uh politics show that they do sometimes on at least it, it was like saturdays or sundays right. i think it was saturdays when i was doing when i was listening to it a lot but they would have just regular callers call in make a comment and the guy who's hosting it would like if they said something obviously like false he'd be like 
you know, talking to him about it. But sometimes someone would just come in, say a comment, and then they'd be like, okay, let's, you know, go to the next, go to the next caller. He'd be like, valid. And just being able to like, like hear different opinions and then obviously listening to NPR just in general, it just like put the seeds in my head, like to be more, more political. And then I would just consuming a bunch of political content up until this year. And now I can, I feel like I can better express it, but I, you're right. I definitely saw it with Margaret. I remember talking to Margaret at the beginning of the summer and it was, you know, when probably you or I are talking about politics and I asked Margaret, I was like, what do you like? What are your, like, what do you think? Like, what's your opinion? She was like, I don't know. I don't care. And then I was like, okay, your best friend Liv like is always posting all sorts of stuff on her stories and like, seems like a pretty, pretty, like maybe not politically active, but at least politically conscious person. Yeah. How do you not absorb any of that and it was kind of confusing to me but i saw her change over quarantine and she cares more now it's kind of cool i think also she's she's a huge people pleaser and she's been Mm. part of dance team for such a long time and like dance team like in general like there's a bunch of dancers who are definitely like i don't know i think she she's had this like rhetoric inside her mind for a while that like politics equals like divisive and equals Mm. like like, if I don't talk about it, then I don't have to, like, cause any problems and everything. And yeah. and that's, like, semi-true. Like that is, if, that's why I didn't talk about things and why I, you know, haven't in the past ever posted anything on Twitter or anything like that. It's because I'm a people pleaser. I don't like the conflict, you know? Right. I, like, I just, for a while, I kind of agreed with that, but, like, I think in middle school, honestly, like, I just, I couldn't deal with, like, other people having hot takes that I didn't, like, think were right without me, like, giving hot takes back. In middle school, this is when you learned? Yeah, well, to be honest... In middle school, I was trying to download as many dubstep songs as I could, find some, you know, free shit online, okay? This is where I was. I was... You was you, You at this point decided, I need to let my hot takes be known. This is the time. This is the time. Well, to be honest, in middle school, that's when I was, like, coming out. And, like, I could tell how much, like, politics genuinely affected my life. And so I was, like, I can't just, like, shut up and, like, like sit here while, like, all of these conservative kids, like, don't know what the hell they're talking about. Mm. So I pwned them. Just kidding. I didn't. <laughs> that's your just, your, you want to put your two cents in. You want I to do. have I do. it heard. Which, I'm a nosy bitch. What can I say? I I, you know, I don't think it's necessarily nosy. And not that being nosy is necessarily bad either. But I think it's just wanting to have your piece heard, I think, is really important for you. And I don't know if that's like a middle child trait <laughs> or something like that. Like, I don't know. I, f- like, I feel like my piece is there, like, always. Maybe that's because I'm an oldest nice. kid. Um, but sometimes I feel like I don't have to say my piece or something. I don't know. I think... Do you think that has anything to do with it? I don't think our family order has anything to do with it. I think maybe... I think... I don't know. I haven't really thought about this question before. Okay, as an oldest child, I obviously have no idea what being a youngest or middle child feels like. Mm. Do you... I don't know. Do you feel like your placement in the order here has affected how 
you've developed? I mean, of course it has, but like, have you noticed like anything think, specifically or similarities with people that you like know that are also middle children? Ooh, other middle children. I think like, I think there's definitely like a, a bit of, um, the, the rules are a little bit loosened for us mm. more than they were for the first kids. That's true. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything about like specifically middle children. Like the people I'm closest mm. to, like my best friend is like the, the oldest child. And then like, I don't know, like most of the people I'm close to are like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really think about that that much. Mm. I know a lot of oldest child like people like, so I, I don't, yeah. I don't know a lot of middle child or, or youngest child people for some reason they're all eldest i think there's a little bit of like here's what i'll say for for middle just okay in general for um siblings who have older siblings mm. i think there's always just a tiny part of me that like compares myself to my older siblings mm. um just like i don't know like in a like in a good way um sometimes in a like negative way though like sometimes i'm like wow like they're so successful like they're they're doing great (laughs) well no but like i don't know like alex like i feel like he's doing pretty well he's got it on lock man or at least he puts it off like he does or like i don't know i just i think you're really smart and like sometimes like (sighs) i just sometimes like i'll just take the compliment but okay i don't know like i I, dude i think you're really smart like (sighs) You, even though, like, you cram your schedule full of stuff, it's stuff that, like, I would never do in high school. Like, it's just brain-intensive stuff that, like, it interests me now, but I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I went through high school too early. Like, I'm, like, more interested in things now. Like, I wish I could have had, I wish I had a do-over. I felt like my childhood and up to high school was on complete autopilot, and I didn't care, which was partly true. I didn't care. And then, like, within the past year or so, I've been like, oh, I care. <laughs> and it's it's been really hard to be like, what have I been doing for, like, 20 years? So, I don't know. I guess I have a lot more years to do stuff now. That's okay. You're not done yet. You can, I don't know. I don't think you should go back to high school. I'm wondering though. if every... No. <laughs> you're right. I'm wondering if every, everybody has this kind of realization at some point that, like, oh, what am I doing? Like, I don't know. That's, I, I've just had this realization. Probably don't, everybody doesn't have this, but it's been kind of strange. Dude, mom was, mom was, like, telling me about this, like, theory the other, okay, the other day, I'd, like, slightly kind of had a breakdown, right? Mm-hmm. This is normal for me. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> this, is, this happens, like, at least once a month. Yeah, you used to break down, I just went, uh-huh, sure. You went, uh-huh, yeah. yeah. I, now, to be fair, I don't know when this breakdown was, but... I mean, if you just start it like that, sure. That Do you remember that right. day that I was just, like, playing with a lighter in the kitchen a no, bunch? I wasn't there for that, at least. I don't think you were there. Marge made dinner or something? Dad? Oh, Dad made dinner. What was it? Was it the, uh, oh, oh, was it the hamburger helper with vegetables? Yes. Oh, my God, that was good. Yeah, but, that was really Okay, good. I remember the dinner that day, but I don't remember what, what I was outside for most of this. I was outside with Mom. I had, like, a stem of a pumpkin, and I was lighting it on fire, and she was kind of freaked out, which is why she didn't let me be outside alone. 
Okay. She thought I was going to set fire to something. Anyway. Okay. Um, Sometimes it's just fun to burn stuff. Yeah. No, mostly I was just depressed. Um, okay. But Mom was <laughs> telling me about this, like, really cool theory about how, like, um, there's, like, different levels of consciousness um, that we have. And, like, people who, like, think in... She, she said it's, like, they're not, like, better or worse, like, forms of consciousness. Mm-hmm. But there's, like... Um, it's like a triangle or something and like the second tier is like uh, self-realization or no okay sorry let me explain this better so the first the bottom of the pyramid is like um, you know that you're part of the universe and you know that like you exist on earth and everything Mm -hmm. Um, but you're like kind of you're just like okay with it and you perceive things like whatever is is what it's supposed to be and you're like okay this makes sense like everything makes sense basically okay um and that's like how you perceive the world um and then like the the next level up from that is like things kind of um don't make sense and like like the way that the world is is not how it's supposed to be and you can see a better one and you can see how that might be achieved Mm, yeah yeah. Do you and, know the third one? And then I think the third one is like you can see exactly how you can impact making the world different and mm-hmm. and like changing things and and it stresses you out and it makes you upset. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It sounds like tier two's the sweet spot. Yeah. I wanna be there. I feel like I, I don't know if I'm there. But I feel like I'm inching closer to it. Yeah. Like, yeah. A lot of my... I don't remember what it's called, but I want to find it. Because it was really cool. I was like half listening, but I want to figure it out. I wanted to add a new segment. Yeah, we can can cut out anything. So go ahead, add the segment. Okay. Everyone, we're going to have a new segment on Nighty Nighty Nelson podcast um, called Nelson Niche, where... Nelson Niche. Nelson Niche. Okay. It's where um, every week or however often we record the pod, um, you you have a, a Nelson Niche, something that has really interested you this week or mm. some sort of, um, it can be a topic. It can be like specifically bread bowls. It can be. Do you some, want to talk about bread bowls? No, I, I don't know why, but my brain just went there. I Okay, hold on. We need to talk about bread bowls for a second because I also want to talk about them. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> First of all, the bowl is amazing. The bowl is a great invention. You put stuff in it and then you eat that stuff. Like bowls itself or bowl, like just bread no, bowls? bowls itself. Yeah, that's I, cool. I really am a big believer in containers, okay? <laughs> I love containers. I'm uh, talking backpacks fanny packs we're talking uh boxes storage boxes little crates like anything that you can carry something in Mm. so like like a bowl is great you can put soup in there you can put rice and stuff on top of that rice into Mm -hmm. the bowl and it's you could put assorted rings yeah you could look i got things bowls i got you have so many things you're like ceo of things bowls bowls are great you can just put things in them now a bread bowl? A bread bowl. Hold on. That's a game changer. You put, <laughs> That's you a game put food in a bowl and then. But what, the food what am I, is the bowl. The food is the bowl. The food you, is the you bowl. You eat the bowl, dude. Dude, it, I love bread bowls. 
yeah, okay. However, this is what I'll say about bread okay, bowls. What, they get it. So, kind of, they get the bread kind of soggy. So sometimes, sometimes from Panera, when I go to Panera and I get a bread bowl, I'm like, hey, I want it to go because when you say to go, they put the soup in a, in a little cup. And then you give, and then they give you the bread bowl. They give you the bread bowl too if you order a bread bowl. And what so, what do they do at the bread centers? Um, they 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 give it to you too. What? Okay, I'm gonna be honest. I've never used a bread bowl. I just Dude, like the concept. You just like the concept? Yeah, Dude, I think the we concept need to go to is Panera great. sometime. Okay. I bread have been to Panera. Sick. I went to Panera once. I got some soup with like some cheese on top and I didn't like it. And I haven't been back to Panera. But everybody loves Panera. We'll do and it smells broccoli good in cheddar. There. We'll do broccoli okay. cheddar like broccoli and you'll cheddar. be happy. Okay. We'll do it. Um it's you very what, good when you know it's what I actually outside. recommend? I recommend rice with any soup. If you're making soup, a good way to cheaply, like, just advance the quality of your meal is add some white rice. Into in, the soup? Or in, next to the soup? Into the soup. Okay. Like, I just, agree. just put it in there. Because then it's like stuff on soup. Now, I'm not talking about, like... It makes it more filling. Although it would probably work. Things like chicken noodle soup no. wouldn't work great with rice, but you could definitely do it. You but, could still like, do it. thicker stews or, like, canned soups. First of all, canned soups are gross. Like, a canned soup from the store... Although, I totally get it, and I have eaten tons of canned soup because it's easy as hell, but they're kind of gross. It's not but a if quality you, soup. If you put it with some rice, it's like stuffed with rice, and maybe I just have a rice bias. I like rice, okay? You, you kind of, ha- you have a food king for rice. I have you a really food do. king for rice. You really like rice. But okay. it's, but we accept you, and also I agree. Okay. Here's my Nelson niche. Jasmine rice. It's better than any other rice. It cooks. What other rices are there? There's basmati rice. There's there's wild rice. Okay. Um, but I, I know specifically I like jasmine rice. It's good. I think problem was I ate it for a long time, and then I now I can't switch back. It's just so good. That's my Nelson niche. That's your Nelson niche. That's my niche. Nice. I realized that I suggested we do this and i kind of forgot to think of one you don't have a niche what no i'll think of one right now okay oh i know my my nelson niche is scarves scarves dude i love like scarves that are like um kind of scarves? square like, scarves like open up that that little blue thing behind oh, you like dude, one of those yes one of these especially if they're like silk See, yeah look, this is a, a nice box. one another one of my little, a little box and it looks like a lego it's kind of cute yeah the microphone fits in there i love silk scarves but also scarves in general mm. they're great and here's why you can use them as like hair accessories and you can use them in so many ways as hair accessories but you can also use them like other ways as accessories um and i just think they're really cute and that they should continue to, they're really trendy yeah. right now and i think they should continue to be trendy. i think they are trendy i Anything that has that air of versatility, I think is cool. That's why I like containers. You could put whatever in it. And also you can have a different kind of container for anything you need, you know? Same, a similar thing can be, or a similar idea at least, can be applied to the scarf, you know? You need to keep your neck warm, wear a scarf. You need, uh, that's maybe a different kind of scarf, but you need like an accessory, use a scarf. You use know? a scarf. There's, it's like a thneed, you know? A, th- a what? A thneed. You need a thneed. From the Lorax? I have no idea what you're talking about. What? What's a thneed? Uh, okay, a thneed is... Oh, it's like that weird, like, yeah, knit it... thing that, like, can be used for anything. Exactly. 
I remember it's just that it's now. just to you okay. I have most recently watched Big Joel's hot take on the Lorax. I need to so watch it's that. in my head, but it's just the you know, it's a com- it's commodities mm-hmm. is what it's supposed to be. But I th- think of it as like I'm using it as like a like a, the versatility of it. Yeah, can a similar idea to to scarves at least. The one thing the one the version of the scarf that I hate is um you know those scarves that like sometimes you see people use as like masks and stuff. Like these? Yes. The, like that. Just the tubes? I hate those. You can use them as, like, to, like, hold back your hair. And well, you yeah. can use them. You can use they're them. so versatile. I mm-hmm. hate them, though. I think they're ugly. Yeah, you don't have to like, like every like style of thing. I like it. I wear one around my neck when I go for a run. Because it's, like, it's not, like, a bigger scarf that I have to either, like, fold or, like, you know, twist around my neck in some way. It's just something I can put on my head. It's going to be there. If, you know, my ears get a little cold, I can even pull it up a little bit. If I need to, I guess that's fine. Um, you know, I've also used it when we're camping. Like if I'm, I'll like put it around my head when I sleep. You can also, I think, fold it in a certain way and make it into like a, you know, like a like a skull cap, like a beanie almost. So they're definitely versatile. But you're right, they don't look cool at all. Yeah, they look dumb. Yeah. All right. They're nice, functional. Nice Nelson niche. Yeah. Okay, it's gonna kind of like. Now it is time for us to 9090 Nelson. 9090 Nelson. Um, thanks for listening to the 9090 Nelson podcast. You can find us wherever you get your uh, podcasts, um, including Spotify and Anchor. You can find me online at DougMN13 on Twitter. You can also find me at Preistringo on Instagram and everywhere else. Uh, you can find me at Ruth 23 on Twitter and Eloise24 on everything else. Alright, everyone have a great night or have a great whatever your time is Um, but from us to you, nighty night. Nighty nighty nose.